right, so according to Audacity, we got to keep this podcast short because we only have 59 hours and 40 minutes of space left that we can record on. So, I'll have to keep this one short. Running out of room. We started with a lot more than that, though. Huh? So, we started with a lot more than that. Well, no. No, because I, I just keep deleting. Oh, I, I delete the the big files and keep the small ones because I was filling up the High Point Farms Google Drive. And I was oh. like, eh, Nate's parents probably wouldn't appreciate that. They wake up, they go to save, and it's like, cannot save. And they're like, seriously, why? And then it's like nothing but the higher points, <laughs> like just completely filling the drive. Yeah. So I keep the last five. I don't know why. No reason to. Yeah, because you can re-download them off of. Audacity, can't yeah. you? Yeah. Well, off of Podbean, but oh, but my 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 thing is like if if for some reason say like we decide not to do this in the future or something or whatever, and it goes away, so does Podbean, mm. and so does all the files. It doesn't just live in perpetuity; it only lives as long as we pay for it. Well, they'll still stay on Spotify and stuff, won't they? Because Podbean's the one serving it. Okay, so once we quit, mm-hmm. Podbean, bye bye. No Unless, you know, you could take those files and, like, put them on YouTube and then, like, have a YouTube page. Yeah. We can't have we, a YouTube we, page. We couldn't, we couldn't post the J6 episode, but, you yeah. know. I don't know why we didn't just start the podcast. This is us starting the podcast. Actually, yeah, we, we just could. Like, that's, hey, that was the intro, everyone. Yeah. How are you? Welcome to the Higher Points. <laughs> Today on To The Point. I'm not even editing that. I'm leaving it. I'm just leaving it. I'm leaving it. I am. Yep, you guys get a little... uh understanding what happens i mean that was pretty rated e compared to <laughs> the conversations that happened before sometimes just so. say all the just say all the buzzwords like j6 and fraud and you know yeah didn't happen and biden and trump, trump and election uh what what's some other hot button things i could do there clinton okay <laughs> <sighs> well here we are father's day special today's father's day that we're recording and then the podcast will come out the day after. So we always say like Thanksgiving special or Father's Day special, and it, my brain instantly goes to South Park Integrity Farms, and he does a Halloween special, a Christmas special of his his different genetics of marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> so it just instantly goes to South Park and the weed farm. <laughs> so you want to you want to talk about your uh, different varieties of hemp or what? <laughs> <laughs> it's just where my brain goes. It just cracks me up. Uh-uh. Real tiggery so, weed. So what did you do today for Father's Day? Um, Daddy. Well, my parents didn't get home till like 3, 4 o'clock. They were in Omaha with haters, actually. Up there, haters. Vinny's family. Oh, oh, I thought it was H-A-T-E-R-S. <clears throat> I was like, what? <laughs> no, yeah, with Vinny's family. Spent the weekend with him. That's him, cool. And, yep, they got back and cooked some steak, potatoes, and... Baked macaroni, mm, steak and onions, taters. jalapenos, jalapeno poppers. Hey man, I should have come to your house. Like you, when you said, "Hey, if you want to go ahead and come on out," I should have totally came on out. Yep. Every time I show up when you guys are eating, I always end up eating good. I should have just came <laughs> out there. <laughs> I made sure to make plenty of steaks, so that's what I'm eating for lunch this week. Yeah, with good. rice and some sort of hot sauce, probably. <laughs> That's the only thing about your dishes that ever changes is the sauce. Yeah. <laughs> it's quinoa, brown rice, and protein of some sort, whether it's chicken, tuna, steak, and then hot sauce. This last week, it was chimichurri. It's the hot sauce I was using. Yeah. It was good. Was it, what, what are the different sauces you go with when you make that stuff? Mm, chimichurri, 
Buffalo, Frank's. Well, Frank's Buffalo, I guess. Um, Tabasco sometimes. Frank's Red Hot's good though. Yeah, like that. Like that's the base of the buffalo sauce. Yeah, that's that's what I use most of the time. Um, when I was living in Sterling, I had one of those big gallon deals of Frank's, from, <laughs> like from Sam's, Sam's Club or something like yeah. that. Um, yep, some other. That's about it. Pretty yeah. simple and bland. I had I had the I had the typical Father's Day experience where the wife gets the day off and. You know that other kind of stuff and gets pampered, and but I, I, as the dad, you know, hung out with the family, cooked all the food, and then you know all that kind of stuff. That was my. We got together with my, my dad, my grandpa, uh, me, and then you know like my kids and stuff like that. So we just got done eating at their house. That's where I was at when I was texting you saying I was ready to do the podcast. Yeah. So he lives over on Twenty Sixth Street, so went too far away from here, and uh, it was kind of interesting because he's he's at that like point in his life where. He's like, I've got too much stuff. So he was like, hey, I'm trying to get rid of stuff. And he's like, hey, I've got golf clubs and I never use them. Do you want them? Well, mine literally are falling apart. Like I, I was at a Antiques. driving. Yeah, I was at a driving range and literally the club head went further than the ball when it broke. Nice. So, which was fun because that was at Sand Creek. So, you know, Sand Creek's actually a really hard course, like mm-hmm. an exceptionally hard course. So good people there. And I have to like walk out on the driving <laughs> range and pick up my club head. That's where we played at uh, for the tournament, Warrior yeah. Wind Wedge. Um, yeah, I played there. The first time I played there was with the Sterling college, um, tournament. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then I played again and I, I don't remember it being that hard, but of course I was playing best ball. Yeah. So that's probably why I don't remember it being that hard. I mean, it's as soon as you get off, like into the rough just a little bit, it's pasture. Yeah. (laughs) Your ball's gone. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's what, uh, did you ever play at, um. Uh, what was that called? Paradise Pastures. Yeah. Did you ever play there? Mm-mm. Um, it was the exact same way. It was basically like they literally just took a field and made a, a golf course out of it. Mm-hmm. And at first it had nine holes, and then they built the back nine. I don't know, like four, five, six years later or whatever. But it was the same way. It was like if you weren't on the fairway, essentially you were in like the rough stuff, like Kansas grass, and yeah. that was all it was. Like You're not not taken care of anywhere. But um, anyway. Also, Sand Hills is a links course too, which you know you kind of have to play the links there there as well. So that's what adds another layer of difficulty because there's a lot of times you can't see the pin, mm-hmm. so you're playing the playing the link. But back you on guys, subject, you guys have one of the carts with the cool GPS yeah. deals on them. Yeah, that, that, those are super sweet because you can park your ball on it says oh, you're 150 yeah. from the hole. Yeah, and you can like connect your phone to it and play Bluetooth, or you can get like FM radio or. Yeah. Um, you can keep your scorecard on it. It was kind of cool. I, I thought little, it was interesting. A little plug for Sand Creek here. Yeah, there you go. Is this, <laughs> oh, is it Sand Creek? Uh-huh. Oh, I said Sand Hills. My bad. Sand Creek Station. Yeah, Sand Creek Station. My bad. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a really nice course. Well taken care of. Um, the the clubhouse is nice. They got a driving range. You got like a putting green plus a, an area where you can actually practice like chipping. Chipping mm-hmm. and pitching. There's like an actual special green for that because that is probably pretty damaging would be my guess to grass and everything. Is it just for the tournaments where they have the balls already out there on the range, or is that they have that? No, they had the balls already out there on the range when I. Because I know, like Kerry Park, you got to pay like ten bucks for a bucket of balls or something. Yeah, like this that. one was, um, yeah, just kind of go out there and warm up and do your thing. I mean, it's it's pretty expensive though. I mean, I'm wanting to think it was like thirty thirty five bucks something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, expensive to me, but like if you were to play something, that's like, expensive around here. Yeah, if you're to play like Prairie Dunes, like you know, if you were to pay actual greens fees there, you're probably going to be paying like what a hundred or a hundred or more dollars. So, mm-hmm. 
But, uh, but yeah, so I got, he gave me his golf clubs, which is good because mine are literally falling apart. I've had them since eighth grade. I mean, the shafts are all graphite shafts, so they're all starting to splinter, like every one of them. Mm -hmm. So it, that was, that part was a blessing in disguise. Um, but so he was just getting rid of some stuff and I got his bag and his pole cart and all that other kind of stuff. So I'll be an old man now. I mean, they're just like Wilson brand clubs, but out there speed walking on the. Sterling golf. Course. Getting my steps in. Yeah, doing seventy five hard speed speed walking, <laughs> playing golf. Uh, well, um, yeah. So that's uh, that's it. So you uh, you said you wanted to talk about your faja. Yeah. No, I just figured we'd talk about yeah our dads on Father's Day a little bit and kind of like how they inspire us and things they helped us with that kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> so my dad from a young age, like. He knew instantly, <laughs> so it's almost like he knew me, <laughs> but um, he was my football coach, basketball coach, like coached me in all sorts of sports, and like he always like got frustrated because I didn't have that, like I didn't have that aggressive energy when I was younger. It clicked like when I got to high school and stuff, when I started getting stronger and lifting and everything, but I mean, he was my coach in fourth fifth, sixth grade, and he could have put me, he was the head coach, he could have put me at any position he wanted. Nope, straight to the O-line. He's like, I know where this guy needs to be. <laughs> you know, so he knew from a young age that that was, and like really I wouldn't change that. Like an offensive lineman is my personality. Offensive linemen are always the, to me, they're the best characters on the team most of the time. They're a lot of the goofiest guys and they're, they really have a thankless task. As being an offensive lineman, they're not the, the paper boys like the linemen and stuff. And yeah, but they, uh, but without them, like the quarterback has no protection and mm -hmm. gets none of the glory they get. I mean, yeah. just think if if Patrick's Mahomes with all with his with as talented as he is had guys that couldn't protect him at all, would he be willing to make? Or would he be able to make those plays? Well, we saw that in the Super Bowl against the Bucks a little bit. Like he, our offensive line, we had, we're missing two or three starters, and they. They got their butts kicked by Tampa, and Patrick Mahomes was getting hit and running all over the place all night long. So we saw that there. But, I don't know, I feel like being an offensive lineman, just that thankless stuff. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I do business-wise that's that way, you know, like, done in the shadows. And I think, well, as a business owner, you have to do a lot of things in the shadows and behind closed doors that other people don't realize, you know. And that's one thing my dad is good at is getting those things knocked out he's better at it than i am <laughs> you know he instilled my hard working him and my grandpa both did grandpa alderson both instilled that hard working work ethic in me um just never quit and my dad was more of their perfectionist than my grandpa would have been um my grandpa was like we're no wonder make no wonder you guys argue so much over things yeah <laughs> we're gonna make it my grandpa was like we're gonna make it strong and we're gonna make it work my dad's like, we're going to make it perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've got a little bit of combo of the both. Um, I would say I lean towards more towards my grandpa on most things. But as I've got into carpentry, it's like, nope, it's got to be perfect. Yeah, right. Just little things bother me, and I see more and more of my dad in me now. <laughs> Complaining about little things, about keeping sites clean and this and that. It's like, there's always a reason he said that kind of stuff. Now I'm like thankful for that and preaching me about it yeah where you're like i get it mm -hmm. 
Yeah, my my mom even has said to me from time to time, she's like, oh, okay, the things I did tell you stuck, <laughs> you know, so that's one of those times yep. where those things kind of stick. Yep, and just the way he leads and the way he can have a conversation with anybody and just give his shirt off his back to uh, help someone, you know, just he's always been there for his friends and in turn, he's got some great friends that have always been there for him, too. And, uh, just, it's funny, like, we go on a little trip, and it seems like we always run into someone my dad knows, you know, like, or they recognize me, and they're like, you're high at Archie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, they're like, your dad's Bob. Like, yep, <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> I'm getting to that. I, I think I've said this on the podcast before. I'm getting to that point now that I've been around Rice County enough. I can look at someone, and, and I can tell what their last name is mm-hmm. by the way they look. Or by the way they walk sometimes, too. You can get out of Rice County. <laughs> what are you trying to say there? That's not good. Yeah. It's not a bad thing to know people. Oh, okay. God, man. Small town problems. It's kind, of, it's kind of what I'm supposed to, like, you know, the whole idea of why you should vote for me. Yeah. I've been there. I've been a part of it. I know what's up. I know, like, what makes it click, like, what your values are, what you what you value. Yeah. Hey, if you... If he doesn't win sheriff, which he will, he's going to run for president. So, <laughs> dude, I don't have enough money, or or what I want to say, backdoor sleazy connections in order to run for president. So yeah. that's not going to happen. <laughs> but uh, there there are Plan B options. They're not political ones, but there are Plan B options. Should it not work out? I think the political ones are. We need guys in politics that are willing to do the hard the hard thing. Say no and go against the grain. I think you're that guy. It's not fun. I'll tell you that. I mean, I've done it many times, but it's certainly not a joyous or fun experience. Yeah. Usually I get complaints filed on me <laughs> like a couple of weeks ago when that happens. But people aren't really being held accountable in this society. Yep. Um, so, yeah, like uh, one thing that came to mind when you were when you were talking was like baseball for me. Was my dad. I remember if I ever asked to go to Tobias Park and Lions and play catch or whatever, or have him hit hit balls to me to field or whatever, like we did that a lot. And as a result, like my glove handling skills were really good. And that's something I've done to pass on to Eli. Like I, I always make sure to give Eli the most awkward, awful bounce ever. And as a result, there's really not much he can't knock down or catch. And uh, I mean, I've, I'm sure those have atrophied a little bit because he ha- we haven't been doing it as much, but. Um, does he play baseball? He, he did. Uh, but he, he chose uh track over baseball because mm. they're at the same time. Mm-hmm. He wanted to do both obviously, but it was like, which one do you want to do more? And he really likes throwing. But, um, so when he was like in where they were doing the, I think it was up to like middle school or something that he was able to play in like the little league stuff. Um, but you know, I go back and I think to like all the times that I was on the field, you know, not, and like I played like third base or shortstop or first base just because I had a really great glove and I was really accurate with my throwing. And, you know, looking back on that, like all of that was a tribute to all the time that my dad spent with me just working those. I mean, we had mm-hmm. probably tens of thousands of throws would be my guess somewhere around there. And, you know, fielding the ball, he'd hit, he'd hit balls to me and I'd have to throw them back and he'd hit the ball to me and throw it back, you know, so on and so forth, you know. And I, I'd even request, like, hit me this kind of ball, hit me that kind of ball. But uh, 
one of the one of my favorite memories is um, we were playing. I was on Dairy Queen. Amazingly enough, was the team. Um, I played on the uh, Bearges. Yeah, I played on. <laughs> I, I played on several. I played played on like. Uh, I played on Mid America Ready Mix. I played on Superior Graphics, Dairy Queen, all those like local sponsors that sponsor yeah. that kind of stuff. There's a cool uh, Pink Lux team out there right now for softball. Oh yeah, nice, <laughs> nice, nice. I like it. Um, but but I I was playing in right field that day for some reason. Don't know why. And a guy by the name of Will Godfrey was up to bat. Last I knew, Will was in the army. Um, and this was when he very first started. Uh, big dude, big dude like me. And he hit a high pop fly ball out into right field. I ran it down and ended up having to dive to catch it. And keep in mind, this is little league ball. Uh, I mean, I couldn't have been, I couldn't have been any more than past probably sixth, seventh grade, somewhere around in there. And I mean, I dove and I caught this ball and like did a roll, like did the whole like dive, roll, and then stand back up kind of thing. And I remember, I'm actually getting goosebumps telling this story right now. I remember turning to look at the fence where my dad and mom and grandma and grandpa were. And um, I remember just seeing my dad just like jumping up in the air, like with his arm just cocked up like, yeah, yeah. Like he was just like so proud of me. And like that was like a, a like core memory, like just mm-hmm. stored away, can play it and bring it up like any time that I want. Um, same thing when I hit my first home run. Um, in little league ball and uh and i remember them just like just cheering him being there and that kind of stuff which is interesting because you know being a law enforcement officer there were a lot of times especially back then lions was in my opinion was busier than it is now but just and him still making time to be there um you know he didn't come to every practice and stuff like that and missed some things being a cop but you know he was always there yep i mean so was my mother to be fair but um, I know you, my dad, like his dad wasn't there always growing up, hardly ever. Um, my, I mean, my dad was in a split family growing up, you know, and my grandpa was not around a bunch for my dad growing up. And my dad made a 100% effort. Like I'm going to be there for my kids. And he made, I think they only missed one football game when I was in college. Was that when he was sick, probably? No, it was oh. when we went up to... I was hurt, so I didn't know if I was going to get to play a whole lot. And um, it was clear up in North Dakota, like an oh, hour okay. from the Canadian border. <laughs> you get a pass on that one, Bob. Yeah. So he, <laughs> I mean, pass. they made almost all the games, except for that one. and um, He made that choice to be a present father, and he did a great job at it. Yeah, that was my prayer today at, at um, supper was... You know, thank you for all the men in my life that have mentored to me, you know, continue, you know, working in me, but also these men working in me so that I can raise the next generation to be better as well. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where that's like my whole idea, my whole philosophy. You know, I, I I had the opportunity to where like the other day, Elijah had said a sentence that I didn't appreciate, didn't like. It was pretty disrespectful and it angered me, to be honest. And I had the opportunity where I could have just lashed out and yelled at him. But I, I decided that was a conversation that needed to wait until later because I would have had to have had that conversation over the phone mm-hmm. um, or via text, which is even worse. But um, I was just like, you know, like, no, we're going to let that one ride and we're going to go. We're going to move on and then I'll have that conversation eventually when it 
presents itself a little better. And you know, I had to calm him down a little bit today on some a few small things, but um, He's you know, just too big for his britches. Just huh? getting to it, yeah. Just getting <laughs> to that mentoring process. Like you know, sometimes I look when they when they start doing those things, especially being teenagers, because I remember being a, a teenager and thinking I knew everything and I had the world, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, people tolerated me. You know, it's kind of like to Feeling me, it's like, like you're the, invincible. And, yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, think about the influx of testosterone in your system, like an insane amount of it. Basically are invincible. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> At least you feel it. You definitely feel it. Because yeah. um, I remember once I got back onto tea and started supplementing it, goodness gracious, I felt like a different man mm-hmm. uh, in a good way. But, uh, um, you know, just that, that mentoring process never stops. And also, if you ever see your kid get to that point where you think they're like beyond repair or whatever, just remember the prodigal son in the in the Bible. Like all you can do is love them through it. You don't have to enable them. You don't have to tell them that their behavior is acceptable, but they're still your kid, you know. Mm-hmm. You still have to be there for them. So, um, which also makes me think, like when we were talking about the ex- extra testosterone in the system, one thing I always wanted to talk about was the 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 word combination that you hear used quite a bit these days is like toxic masculinity which mm-hmm. is interesting to me because the two words don't go together period like you can't be toxic and masculine at the same time because if you are masculine you are a protector you know if you are masculine you're a provider if you are masculine you're a thinker i really think toxic masculinity started as like a like a joke you know like they were joking around, like I mean, someone like Jansen at the gym, like looking at him, and he's like amped and pumped up and like feeling good, and they're like, "That's toxic masculinity," you yeah. know? Like, like it was a bro conversation kind of thing, and then I don't know. I feel like it spiraled out of control. I don't know where the origins come from, honestly. Yeah, just kind of. Neither do I. But I mean, it's 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 like other things; it just gets taken out of context sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think, but if you're toxic. You can't be masculine. Mm-hmm. Like if you're toxic, you're not going to be somebody that protects. You might be somebody that hurts and injures, but you, you know, so you may still like, like a masculine man that protects is capable of violence, right? But they rein that in, you know, they're, they have the capability of doing it. Whereas someone that's toxic, they're not reining it in and they're just, you know, getting angry and hurting or hitting or whatever. Um, you know, so to me, the two words don't go together. You're either max masculine or you're toxic. There's no such thing as to- toxic masculinity because, mm-hmm. you know, a, a masculine man is someone that you that anyone could look up to regardless of gender because they're going to be everything that it means to be a man and be a man in all of the right ways. And that doesn't mean that they're perfect, but they're someone that you could look up to. Yeah, there's there's someone that you could look up to and count on. Yep. Um, so, you know, I didn't want to get on too much of a tirade with that, but it's just, uh, just to me, the, the two words didn't really make sense being paired together in a word. Yeah. No, I agree. It's like saying it's the ups of downs. Like it, it doesn't make sense. Um, and you know, I would love to, if anybody has a differing opinion on that, I would love to have that conversation in the comments section. So feel free to post on that because I'm sure that we could definitely, uh, or meet us in main street. Let's (laughs) talk about it. Oh boy! Oh boy! Hey, well, Nate, we know which category you're following under. I guess <laughs> we're sitting on Main Street right now, having a conversation. That's what I mean. Oh, come I to the studio. I thought you meant. I thought you meant like we're gonna like old west style meet out in the street <laughs> yeah. and get in a fight with somebody. 
Maybe the parking lot after school. You know, my thing is, like, even if there was someone that truly believed that toxic masculinity was the thing and they wanted to come on the podcast, I would love to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, help me see your side of things. Why? Let's talk help about Help me understand it. Mm-hmm. I may not. I may not. And I may uh, choose to not follow it, but I'm at least willing to listen to you and have the conversation. That'd be kind of cool. I, I mean, wonder if they're, like, maybe, like, a man that's trying to lead. But he's leading in all the wrong ways. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked on here many times about the fatherless and God. Well, more more importantly, the godless society followed mm-hmm. by the fatherless society. When you have nothing to compare it to. Mm-hmm. Because Elijah right now is experiencing the changes that every male goes through. Every single one of them. And the spike of the testosterone, which is perfectly natural. The feeling like a million bucks, feeling unbeatable, feeling invincible, feeling like the strongest person that ever existed. Also, very admirable traits. Confidence is not a bad thing. Um, but what a true masculine man helps you do is to take those and put them in their proper boxes mm-hmm. and make sense of them. And then how do I use these I help things? help differentiate your confidence versus arrogance. Yeah. You know. And how do I use these things for good? And not evil. Yep. I mean, that's what a true a true father figure, and it doesn't have to be your blood father. It could be your stepfather. It could be your grandfather. It could be a mentor. Whoever stepped up be, into that role for you. It could be any man that is truly masculine in nature that helps you figure that out. Mm-hmm. Anybody. Um, and that's not to sit here again and please hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that women are worthless. Women can't raise kids. Women can't do that. That's not what I'm saying. Not at all what I'm saying. But I'm just saying it's just like, for instance, I would have trouble if I were a single father walking my daughter through periods, what to do, how to do it. Why is she cramping? What's she feeling? How does she make that feel better? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Not to mention dating boys. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nate can walk them through dating boys. But, <laughs> but, but, Boom, what, but, what I, <laughs> but what I'm getting at is it's like, please understand, I'm not sitting here saying that women are these worthless things that just are subservient. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, it, and that's why I paint that picture. I, I would not know the first thing about cramping and how to make it better. I mean, like, take some Tylenol. I don't know. Like, or, you know, how do, how do I know when this stuff's getting ready to happen? Or what do I do? Or how do I prepare? Like, my wife. Let alone handling a woman's emotions. <laughs> Gosh, I don't even want to try to understand that. But, like, my wife, she showed me this little pack. My daughter's got, like, obviously a purse that she carries around. Well, my daughter's getting old enough. That she's got like this now emergency pack that has pads and period panties and that kind of stuff in it. So when that time finally does come, she's like, I would have never thought to do that. Mm-hmm. It would have happened and I would have went, oh shit, now what? <laughs> so there, that's the way that like a masculine man. on YouTube. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> that's the way that a masculine man like prepares. Like I have my wife that I married and I love and is the best thing that ever happened to me that helps compliment me in the ways that like she is not like really equipped to handle and i compliment her in the ways that like she's maybe not necessarily as equipped to handle like not that she can't do them but why should she have to she doesn't have to carry the whole load yeah yeah so that's it man nice and easy and that one is to the point for me i mean 
just a easy chill day. Um, this week has been busy. I did, did I tell you I pulled the trigger on the lead gen stuff? Like officially? I thought you were going to say something else and pull the trigger. I was like, what? <laughs> no, no. I mean, as far as like, uh, I'm, I'm invested. Okay. Like I bought, I, I you, bought some stuff like that. You were talking about doing that. Yeah. And, and I must say, I, I have to give a shout out here real quick to my, my wife yet again. She had some reservations because it was a, a decently significant investment. Um, to me, to you, it's probably nothing with the numbers you work with. But, but what I'm getting at is, is like, she's like, okay, you're having trouble with this right now. So now you want to do more of it kind of thing, you know? And, and I had to explain to her everything. And then she's kind of like, oh. And I, this is probably the second time that she's blown me away in our relationship in this way. She got a bonus check from her job for 10 years of service. And, you know, I've been needing tires on my truck, something I've kind of been putting off. They're expensive, you know. I mean, just putting off, like, making sure the van's taken care of. I put tires on it first. It gets the oil changes first, etc. My family rides in that vehicle. Yeah. You've needed tires on that thing since I met you. <sighs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, but, okay, the sidewalls don't count. The sidewalls are just fine. They might be whitewashed from my pastor that, that had the truck before me, but I'm talking tread depth now. <laughs> but, um, anyway... So she said, after the tires and everything, she goes, I want you to put the rest of that money towards like that lead gen stuff. And I was like, whoa. You know what I mean? Like she had that, that like confidence in me that like when I told her I was going to do something, she knew it. And so also for every man that's sitting here listening, um, here's the deal. If you want the same thing from your wife, it, when she says, take out the trash, take out the freaking trash. Okay. If you can't manage just to do a small thing and take out a trash, take out the trash. When she, when well, you go to tell her, hey, I'm going to start a business, I'm going to run a business, she's going to go, can't, can't even take, take the out the trash. Yeah. Or if you see the trash needs taken out, just take out Amen. the trash. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or. I mean, I'm not spectacular about that, but. Make, it's, make sure her vehicles are taken care of. Your wife shouldn't have to change the oil. She shouldn't have to. Like, you should be the one checking in on those things. Now, as far as how, how much gas is in the gas tank, my friends, you're fighting a, a never-ending battle there. It will Here's always be empty. For it. it will always be empty. Just be ready for that. Plan an extra 10 minutes in your travel so that you can go get gas because your your wife ran it to literally fumes and you almost had to push it into the gas station. <laughs> but, um, but you know, it's, it's like just make sure that those things are taken care of. Make sure that you're taking care of the lawn. Make sure that you're helping out with the kids. Make sure you're cooking once in a while. Um, just like make sure that the boxes for the family are checked first and then kind of start taking care of you. That is the very nature of what it is to be a masculine man. There is nobody else that we can just lean on. There's nobody else that we can just go like Mary and take, take care of us and pamper us and all that other kind of stuff. It's just, it's, this is one of those few times that I'm, you're going to hear me say, if you enter into a relationship with a woman and you have children, okay, sure. It takes a village, but at the end of the day, it's on you. This is a pull yourself up by the bootstraps and get shit done because there is nobody else that's coming to save you. It's on you. So just do those things. Take care of those things. And hopefully someday if your wife isn't doing that, maybe she will. When you can show her that that's the man that you're going to become that she can have confidence in. I said I was done like five minutes ago. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not. Let's not. These these mics are working pretty good. Yeah. So. Should we just like end it? No official intro, no official outro. That's all I got. Just be done with it. Mm -hmm. Like we did with the intro. Just start talking. Just. <laughs> so how was your day? <laughs> music playing. Cue the music. Yeah.
I, st- I, I still wish that we did have some of the old podcasts with the intros that we recorded and stuff because that would make for really, we should, we, we could have literally done a podcast of blooper reels. Yeah. Of just like the conversations we had on the mic prior to the intro. Could probably be in jail for some of those conversations too. I'm just looking forward to the day that Cade, <laughs> that, that Cade retires so we can post his podcast. <laughs> yeah. I haven't deleted that one yet. I've kept a hold of that one. Or a few years down the road when he realizes it's not as strict as he thinks it is. Yeah. How's he doing, by the way? Pretty good. I actually haven't seen him for two weeks. Well, I was going to say, I didn't <clears> know if he was still bouncing around schedules and stuff. Yeah, he is. I'm sure he's going to through the whole 12 weeks of Ugh, training. Gross. Gross. Uh, I guess at least he's young and he can do that. Till August. Uh, hmm. <laughs> cool. Yep. All right. Well, that's all we had. We're just going to leave it like that. Same way we did the intro. You good? Yep. All right. We'll catch up with you guys next week. We'll see you later. See you guys.